0: is the
1: business of cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the
0: Cannabis 101 podcast, bringing you the latest bud, biz, buzz.
1: The first official installment of The Business of Cannabis with Malka LaBelle of The Green Generation Co. You can find out more information at greengencompany.com. Malka, welcome. Uh, We had you on as a guest on our last episode. Uh, Today, we kick off the official segment. How are things? Very well. Thanks, Dean. Excellent. Okay, so the first topic we're going to get to in the business of cannabis is... Why the Canadian government, in your opinion, is failing on its goal to close the black market with legalization?
0: Excellent, thank you, Dean. I think this is a topic that has yet to really be discussed uh, out loud uh, because um, um, I have—I I have strong thoughts about it. So here's what here's what I think. So, so I think there's three major uh, things that they've sort of missed the boat or. Or failed to do here. So, one is there's sort of a, there's a there was a false assumption going into legalization that cannabis, um, the users of cannabis, of all flocks, whoever they were, would flock to just automatically go to the legal product. They would, because it's legal now, oh, it's legal, and therefore I'm going to buy legal products. Right. Um, that's just, I mean, that hasn't been true for so many reasons, largely because of distribution. But a key part of that assumption was that I think the illicit market or the the gray market um, um, is really not what people think it is uh, in their head. So what I mean by that is a lot of people thought, I think, still think that, you know, uh, the black market, uh, cannabis market is like big gangs and drug cartels, like, you know, you're, uh, uh, you know, smugglers across borders and all the ways that it's been romanticized and over the years and Hollywood and all that stuff. But the truth behind it is that it's really actually um, much better at marketing and uh, packaging um, and product assortment and reliability and customer service than you would typically think an illicit market would be. Um, It's not the dime bag dealer on the corner that sort of everyone recalls from the early days. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, the key assumptions that were sort of in place, I think, that failed um, to be addressed as to what really is the black market when uh, the government sort of made that that as, as a key goal.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that, um, you know, you, I, I think you made a good point about how it's been romanticized. And, and listen, I'm not naive enough to think that there isn't uh, that element um, of, of the black market, but a lot of people are um, you know, are, are in it maybe for, for their, for their own use as a medicinal or they are, uh, you know, quote unquote, a mom and pop, uh, uh legacy market. I mean, it's not everything that you think it is, uh, when it comes to the, uh, legacy market and, um, you know, what, how it's been portrayed. There are a lot of different legacy growers out there that don't fit that narrative.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's the whole thing. So like, with a, like I have a marketing background and a business background. And just like you can segment any industry in the world for any you know, product, everything from drugs to food products, you can do that with illicit products too. So in, in Canada, I have broken down in my own verbiage, uh, four distinct um, categories of segments within the, the gray market or the illicit market that have different definitions of what those people are and, and who they are and how much harm or intent of harm they want to cause on people as well as how not. Like, like I think that there's a large segment of people that they had medical, that's not saying I know, they had medical licenses for a very long time and they were growing uh, cannabis and figured out how to, uh, solve their own problems and heal themselves. Um, but with the way that legalization rolled out, they effectively got cut out of being allowed to uh, grow on the legal side because of a few key parts to the legalization process. And I really think that the answer to that is very simple. Um, and all it really does, all that really needs to happen is that the the process in which you apply and get your license in Canada, this is the order and the cost uh, of the order just needs to change. Um, and something as simple as, like, security clearances, which is a major hindrance for getting a license in Canada, because something as simple as a possession license from 10 years ago uh, or a simple misdemeanor, even like a, a traffic violation or a speeding ticket or DUI from when, you know, people are 10, 15 years past, they have, there's now a process for pardoning that. But it still takes you know years to get that stuff through the courts and everything, especially right now. Um, but that would not having a, a security clearance would prohibit anybody from becoming um, a member or a, sorry, an owner of a of a licensed cannabis company. So, in talking with some of the people that I know, that's their biggest issue is that they have all of the background experience, even you know uh, business experience, to have a, a, a really well operated cannabis company, but they couldn't pass the security clearance. So by changing um, the order of the processes or having a bit of a different structure for depending on the kind of, you know, thing that you have on your record and making that the first thing you have to do. So get your security clearance, uh, you know, cleared first, and then go through the process of legalization, which is still a long and expensive process in Canada. But by doing it just a little bit differently, by changing the order and changing the hurdles, to once you get this done first, then that could eliminate so much of the gray market uh, disincentive for people that are could become le- on the legal side and close that gap because they're moving from the um, gray market into the legal market by simply changing the order and the structure of which security clearances are issued.
1: Well, I just think there's so much knowledge that can be gained from those that, that have been, you know, the legacy growers that have been doing this for, for so many years. Um, there, there has to be a way to be able to blend the two worlds.
0: Exactly. And there are a lot of uh, people that are seriously looking at this It's like, we, we need the experience. We need people that know how to grow indoors in batches, in craft. And, and they're coming. they're coming out of the woodwork and they're going through this process and they're failing at it or they're having to go through very high costs to get there. But it's those barriers that even prevent those individuals from going to the, the legal side. You know they could still make money on the you know if they're, doing, if they're if they're doing things in the gray area and they haven't been caught, they're, that's a good that's a good business person as far as I'm concerned. but they have a quality product. Or they have something that people want and need, and there's a, there's a monetary incentive from supporting their family and supporting their livelihood that way. But we could bring those people very easily to the legal side by simply making it an incentive that they won't be reprimanded for past actions. And I think that's a big issue that is just isn't being explored yet.
1: Uh, I, I I think definitely this is an area that needs to be uh, explored, and hopefully uh, it's brought forward to to those making the decisions that they can uh, uh, start thinking about that. Now let's move on to change makers, and and this is a, a, a part of this segment uh, where we're spotlighting people that are, as the title says, making a change in the industry. And today we're talking about Wayfair Nursing and how you know we're rethinking. Um the uh the the way uh, that cannabis um I guess uh, plays a part in the lives of our elderly and our seniors.
0: Yeah, so Wayfair Nursing um sort of blends that uh patient model um where instead of it being, you know, you go to a doctor's office, you get a prescription, you get the prescription filled, and then uh, through cannabis either over the phone or it's more typically over internet, you do it online. Um, Wafer nursing is really a guided approach to cannabis education and patient care. And and what they do is they have um, um, nurses, nurse practitioners uh, that can write cannabis prescriptions um, across the country in several provinces, Alberta, B.C. and, uh, and greater uh, Toronto area that are able to go into um, patients' homes, obviously not COVID times, but, um, you know, hopefully they'll be able to return to that go into nursing homes and talk to patients that um, are the elderly and really guide them like a nurse or like, you know, someone that they really trust, one of their home care providers, for example, um, next to them to help them with this process of trying something new. You know, a lot of people get really sort of set in their ways, particularly when they're older, and they're apprehensive about trying something that's different. But Wayfair is really looking at this from a, a patient care perspective and from the proper dosing. because we. A lot of people are, you know, one of the challenges of of uh, new usership is that they just don't know where to start. Like, what product should I try? What type of consumption? Where do I go? Uh, where do I start? And and that's some of the biggest challenges is that there really isn't clear guidelines, even for dosing or or instruction on that. So Wayfair has taken up um, really the, that patient-guided approach, um, not only taking the, the client, the patient's crew, you know what is uh, cannabis and how does it affect your system, but guiding them with uh, oral or gel caps or liquid oils um, so that it's not so foreign, you know, they're not smoking, uh, smoking a pipe or you're having to deal with rolling joints or anything like that, but also the follow-up. So a key part about how does this cannabis help uh, people is that if they have an adverse effect or something that's foreign to them, they'll stop using it right away. So the key thing to you know, people that have, are trying it for the first time is that follow-up and that guided, you know, you just got to do- adjust the dose or try it a little bit different or with food or different times of day, and that's what they're really offering is that guided approach and then collecting the data around that to really create patient uh, p- protocols for other patients and other people with similar or other conditions.
1: And, you know, the senior uh, cannabis demographic is one of the fastest – Growing out there from from a lot of people I've t- I've spoken with and you know my own personal knowledge of going into stores and continually seeing that part of uh, the demographic in the stores asking questions and I think it's beautiful. You can find more information at www.wayfairnursing.com, but it is definitely true. I I know from personal experience with uh, some people in my uh, circle of friends and family that I've tried to convince there is um, a. a fear uh, still that is out there for a lot of people and you know rightfully so it's hard to hard to blame when they've been told one thing for almost all of their lives and now they're being told something else so there is a lot of questions and I love the follow-ups that happen with this is you have a question and then something happens you know whether you write it down and then you ask later you can kind of tweak things a little bit, but just the, just the, the education part with not only new users, but, um, you know, the senior demographic is so important because, um, man, oh man, there are so many things as far as just, um, calming down anxiety that accompany, mm-hmm. um, um, a- a senior issues, whether it's dementia or, 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 uh, Alzheimer's or anything like that, that certain parts of the cannabis plant can really play a benefit in
0: yeah it's been it's been amazing like I've seen actually a lot of really amazing success stories people particularly that have major you know sleep issues you know one of those things so you know grandmother can't sleep anymore and mm-hmm. or and the same and it's such a simple thing people that use cannabis regularly know like oh my gosh, it's like the first thing I'm gonna you know up with I need to get more sleep or to deal with and 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 pain you know walking around with pain all the time a lot of people just get used to that right especially when they get older they're just They're comfortable when they know that they have pain. But as soon as you give them something that takes it away without the side effects, particularly stomach upset or other issues, oh, my gosh, you should see some dancing grannies. It's hilarious. (laughs) Like, there's literally videos on this. But it's amazing. It feels like they have a new lease on life. And why didn't they try it sooner?
1: One hundred percent. All right, uh, let's get to what it means to be green. And today we're discussing, um, you know, investing in new ideas and investing in green.
0: Yeah. So, you know, with this whole um, COVID pandemic stuff, uh, we're really seeing some numbers coming out from, uh, you know, cannabis is is an an essential uh, service, essential good um, in North America, for sure. and, And many jurisdictions around around the world where it's legal. We're seeing the numbers that um, people are, are showing up in droves, and not just on the legal side. We're also seeing it on the illicit market side that business is booming. And you got to wonder, well, why? You know, like what, what, is, is, what is it? And is, is, it a, is it a blip? Is it a one time thing? But now we're into what? Our week eight or nine or something. Some of the uh, results that we're seeing is that this is maybe something that needs a closer look from an investment standpoint because there has been so much shutdown. Uh, to cannabis companies or people that are trying to raise money, especially on the ray and the sustainability side. I mean, you talk to a lot of the people that um, I'm working with, and their business models are not a one-trick pony. They're not just a high-dose one thing THC that CPG product that I'm so uh, angry against. But they're really trying to build a new sustainable way of living, and and attracting investment to this just needs a different set of lenses um so what what the green generation is is going to be doing here in the next coming months uh probably weeks actually is doing an investor showcase we were going to have it in person uh, live in right. alberta uh, right. in a beautiful scenic location but because of covid it's actually much easier to do it all online cuz no one has to travel um and it's going to be sort of like a dragon's den style like a like a pitch night um where it will be open to Investable businesses, so like the ones uh, that, I've, uh, that I work with right now, as well as others, will be open to attend or pitch, basically. They'll have the stage or the floor for 15 uh, to 20 minutes, and they'll deliver a pitch to uh, an audience of uh, potential investors. And very similar to other pitch style events or Dragon events where the goal is just to get their hands up to say, yeah, I want to learn more. Like, let's get to the due diligence round and learn more. It's not necessarily to close the deal on the spot, um, because this is a investing in cannabis um, is needs a new set of metrics just to understand the business because there's very no like no comparable, so you can't really uh, It's really hard to do a true due diligence in a short period of time mm-hmm. um, because there's just not enough history. So this is an opportunity to show off what they're doing differently and have investors say, you know what, I want to hear more about that. And then that's where the matchmaking comes in, and I'll be able to set these groups up. Uh, with more, um, you know, opportunities discussed over the table.
1: I really like that idea, Uh, you know, especially right now where, uh, you know, so many people in and out of the cannabis industry worldwide are are struggling. It's just a good idea to connect people and generate, whether it's right now or down the road or or something like that. But particularly in the cannabis industry, you know, this gives people 15 to 20 minutes to kind of, you know, shout from the rooftops about what they do. And, and, and like you said, there's not going to be that uh, TV moment probably very often where the guy jumps up and is outbidding somebody else. But what it does is it creates relationships and possible um, future discussions down the road.
0: Yeah. And i ideally, my hope is I'm right now just trying to uh, talk to some people in the, in the production world and the TV production world, because maybe this is something that's really for the masses. Like, I think so much that we've learned, you know, even about investing and about business has come from the last 10, 15 years with Dragon's Den and Shark Tank. It's really lowered that bar that made that world so hard to understand and people were just so removed from it. But by putting it on television and making a, you know, family friendly event that even kids can pitch and, and partake in, made it accessible. And, and I think cannabis needs that. But instead of it being like, here's how you smoke a joint, which is not the education that people need, it's Here's what I can learn about this as a as an opportunity. And let's give it another set of lenses. So it's not a a, a prohibited thing. It's a, something that's a learning tool. So I'm currently exploring uh that right now. Um so anyone that's listening, if you are in the TV or producing uh space and want to help with that, feel free to reach out to Smallc at greengencompany.com.
1: All right. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Uh, this come to fruition um as for the how to roll a joint we're still going to have that joint rolling competition at some point where you think your husband is going to win right
0: That's a definite, that's a different set of audiences, right? But you know what, that's what demographics are about. We've got markets for everything.
1: You betcha, yeah. I I love it. Uh, Investing in new ideas and investing in green is uh, something that I think a lot of people can be interested in right now. And I think that's a really cool format uh, to uh, put that forward with. Um, All right, so this has been uh, the first official launch of the business of Cannabis with Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. Thank you so much for joining me once again, Malka. I look forward to doing this each week, and we'll
0: chat next Wednesday. Thanks, Dean. Have a great week.